is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Oh, it is so good to be back. Game Misconduct has returned. It's September 13th. Camps are open. This weekend will be the first preseason games officially. Traverse City is hopping with prospects. So hockey is here, ladies and gentlemen, and we are about three weeks away from facing off for real, and which should be a tremendous 2017-2018. Hopefully everybody had a tremendous summer. As far as what teams you rooted for will really depend on how good a summer you had, but everybody tried to jockey themselves in position. And today we're going to do the Eastern Conference preview. Tomorrow we'll do the Western Conference and. There are some surprises. I kind of came up with a formula on how to judge these teams, and we'll see how they gel, and we'll see what acquisitions they make as the season goes on. But I gave every player that is projected to be in the lineup a numerical number. I'll give you an example. Like a Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin and Eric Carlson, they would be a 10, and then just move on from there. So if you're elite, if you're the best of the best, you're a 10, and then you work down from there, and you come up with a numerical value for every single player, and then you come up with a numerical value for each team, and then you can put them in the order. And then I tweak some things as far as chemistry and coaching and schedule and all these other things to kind of formulate what I think will be the top eight teams to make the playoffs. And and let's start with what I think is the best team in the Eastern Conference And that's still the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, what can you say? Back-to-back championships. First team in the uh, salary cap era to win back-to-back championships. They've won three cups since the cap was instituted at the start of the 05-06 season. So Pittsburgh certainly has figured it out. And I was surprised last year. And if you listen to game misconduct, I thought eventually they're going to wear down all the games they played the year before, all the players they had in the World Cup of Hockey. And... They made it work, and the reason they made it work is because the NHL is slowly morphing into what has been an NBA moniker, and that is you win with the best players. And when you have Sidney Crosby on your team, you're going to be the odds-on favorite every single year. He plays the center position. This league is about up the middle, centers, defense, and goaltending, and Pittsburgh has all of that. Pittsburgh won the Stanley Cup without Chris Letang, who should be back and healthy this year. Uh, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin are two of the best players in the National Hockey League. They can play together. They can play on different lines. When you look at how Kessel has become a second, if not a tertiary player, and still has been able to blossom into a star. When you look at how Gensel played with Crosby and how big he was in the postseason. Kunakel getting another year of experience. Uh, Brian Rust, who was such a contributor last year becoming a better player. And then you throw in the fact that they have Matt Murray, back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, Antti Dinami, who also has a Stanley Cup to his credit. Let's face it, the Pittsburgh Penguins are still the team to beat. Now, can they win another Stanley Cup? Are they going to exhaust themselves the way they did uh, last year, but it managed to hold on? Hey, we'll see how it works out. It's kind of folly, really, to predict Stanley Cup championships. So much can happen. So many trades of the deadline. So many injuries. So many things that you don't expect to happen that can lead to be a, a champion. Who thought the Ottawa Senators would go to the conference final last year? Who thought the Nashville Predators would blossom into a Stanley Cup competitor? These things mature during the course of the season. The unseen hand, which is always talked about in the National Hockey League, sometimes rears its head. 
But when you structure how these things are going to happen in the regular season, Pittsburgh, to me, is still clearly the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I expect a bounce-back year from the Tampa Bay Lightning. They almost made the playoffs last year without Steven Stamkos. Stamkos is returning. You hope that you have a healthy Ryan Callahan, which they expect to have at the center position. They are loaded offensively, loaded. And when you look at um, the players that they have that have emerged outside of Steven Stamkos, you have, you know, point who has made some things happen. Paulquette, uh, Palat has made things happen. They've went out and acquired Chris Kunitz during the offseason. Kucherov has proven to be a star. How many big goals did Kalorn score during the course of his career? So even if Stamkos is not healthy early, they are still a team that I believe is the second-best team in this conference. You look at the defense. Dan Girardi can be slotted in a better position to contribute for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Henrik, uh, Victor Hedberg is, is one of uh, – Hedman is not – if not one of the better defensemen in the league. Uh, Anton Strollman has been great. Uh, Schuster may not even be able to crack the top six of this blue line. So – and to have Budai backing up uh, Vasilevsky, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are the second-best team in this conference and will be the champion of the Atlantic Division and certainly will be there, I think, fighting for uh, being the best team in the National Hockey League. I look at the third-best team, and we can go in a bunch of different directions because I think there's Pittsburgh and there's everybody else. Uh, Tampa, I think, clearly is number two. This may surprise some people. I've got Ottawa as the third-best team in the conference. They've got outstanding goaltending. You saw their blue line make it work despite serious injuries. You get Eric Carlson healthy, he's the best player in the league. You add a Johnny Oduya, who I think will slot in nicely with, with a Dion Phaneuf and a Chris Weidman. They don't have outside of, of um, Carlson. They don't necessarily have a defenseman that jumps out at you, but they don't have a defenseman that you say, God, that's a real, real weak link. I mean, CeCe is solid. Um, Clayson, solid. They really have solid defensemen up and down, and that's really what helps you win. And, and when you look at their forwards and the emergence of Hoffman as a big-time scorer in this league, you know what Bobby Ryan can do. Mark Stone showed you something in the postseason. And couple that with hopefully a, a Craig Anderson that's got you know the family situation in order right now and then Condon backing him up. The Ottawa Senators, to me, are the third-best team in the conference. The number four team in the conference I have is the New York Rangers. Now, I know what everybody's going to say. Well, Don, who's their number one center? Well, it looks like it's going to be Zabanajad to start. And Zabanajad, if you go back to before he broke his leg last year, was a commanding offensive presence at the wing. Now, can he make the players around him better? We'll see. But I do think he is a major player offensively for this team. Miller, Hayes, getting another year under the belt. I like the way Kreider played last year. Now, do they have an offensive player that's going to pop at you like a Sidney Crosby or a Malkin or an Ovechkin? No. But I think they're well-rounded. And on the blue line, they add Shattenkirk. Now, what does that mean? They've got an offensive defenseman and somebody that can contribute on the power play that they have not had since Brian Leach. That is going to make the power play better. You know what Henrik Lundqvist is. How do you not 
really like what the Rangers have done during the offseason. Again, you can nitpick the fact that they don't have a commanding number one center, but there are a few Backstroms out there. There are a few Crosbys out there. So I do like this Ranger team because of the blue line, because of the well-roundedness of the offense. Now, are they going to be hurting for goals at times? And does it scare me in the playoffs with this team making a major run? Because are they going to be chasing points the way they did last year, chasing goals? Maybe. But during an 82-game schedule, with that goaltending, with that blue line, with that power play improved, they're the fourth-best team in the conference. And I like Pavlik as a backup to Lundqvist, who eventually has to scale down his workload as he gets to closer to 36 years old. Number five in the National Hockey League is the Washington Capitals. Of course, they lose Shattenkirk. That is a major loss for them. They lose Olsner, which is a loss for them on the blue line. And I do think we're getting to the point now where Washington may take a step back in the regular season. I don't know if you could continue to play at the clip they're playing. And I'm not sure it's necessary to play at that clip. Maybe this is good news for the Capitals. Maybe the Capitals being a third-place team in their division, maybe even being a wild-card team in the division – not being talked about, not being discussed, and going to the playoffs maybe with very little pressure on them will be helpful. The usual suspects are back offensively. So they're going to score their share of goals. But their blue line, again, take a hit. They trade for Shattenkirk. They do not bring him back. They lose Olsner. Still a very good blue line. Their goaltending, spectacular at Holpe, who every year is going to be a candidate for the Vesna Trophy. But I think this might be the year that things kind of cool off a little bit. If you remember early last year, Washington wasn't getting talked about, and I thought that was a good thing for them. And then they got red hot, and they became part of the conversation again. The problem with Washington is they just keep running into the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're probably not going to be able to make a run until they can avoid the Pittsburgh Penguins. But maybe they're actually going to be a team that if they do take a bit of a step back, could be better for them long term. But talking to some people around the league, they do feel that this might be the year they take a little bit of a step back. Still very, very good. Fifth best in the conference. But I do not have them being the best team in the conference anymore. I think some people are a little too quick to just anoint Toronto as an automatic Stanley Cup contender. But I also think it's complete folly to ignore them. I've got them as the sixth best team in the Eastern Conference. Of course, you know how good they are offensively. When you got you add a Patrick Marlowe, who, yeah, he's never won a cup, but he's consistent. He plays all the time. That's the veteran presence you need. Dominic Moore back in the fold, a, vet, a veteran presence you need. You know, they went out and they made the trade last year to get a little bit better offensively and try to get some veteran leadership. It didn't necessarily work, although they did push Washington to six games. They did go to overtime quite a bit. So Toronto's gained a little bit of experience, but now those guys are all a year older. So you've got Matthews a year older. You've got um, Marner a year older. You Nylander a year older. You, you put a Patrick Marlowe in there. Uh, the blue line, they get Ron Hainsey, who's got experience. He's a cup winner. Another year under their belt of Morgan Riley. Again, this is not a stud defense. Zaitsev, I think, another year under his belt. He's only he's very young. You know, that's a kid that I think is going to be good for a long, long time. Another year older. Not ready, I think, to come out of the East, but certainly a team that I can put there on the borders of the top five team in the conference. I've got the Toronto Maple Leafs at number seven. Or number six, excuse me. Number seven, 
I've got the Columbus Blue Jackets. They renew, renew uh, Tortorella's contract. It's all about health with them. Now, come playoff time, we don't have any idea what Bobrovsky is going to give you. If we have any indication, it's probably going to be that he's going to spit the bit. He's done it every time. So I'm not sure that this is a championship-caliber team until they figure out a goaltender that isn't going to shrink under the spotlight of the postseason. And also, Columbus, to be fair to Bobrovsky, is you lose to Pittsburgh. And, and everybody over the last couple of years has lost to Pittsburgh. Cam Atkinson is is on his way to stardom. I like Brandon Dubinsky. I like Boone Jenner if he's healthy. Um, Zedlack, I think, improved last year. is going to get better. Uh, Wenberg, another year under his belt. I, I like them offensively very deep. you got to like their blue line as well. Jack Johnson, very good. Seth Jones, very good. Ryan Murray, I think, is a better than average. Um, they've got uh, Savard. They're pretty deep. Wierenski, they're very good on the blue line. And Bobrovsky, again, he may have his problems in the postseason, but he's still a world-class goaltender. I got the Columbus Blue Jackets as the seventh-best team in the Eastern Conference. This may come as a surprise, although I do see a lot of people kind of hot for this team, and I think Peters has done a great job coaching the team. I like the Carolina Hurricanes as the number eight team. Aho gets another year. I like the way he's played. I like what they have from a forward standpoint. Nothing, nothing spectacular again, but they're pretty solid up and down. Tara Vainen, good player. Uh, Stepniak, somebody that's been through the wars, can help them through those tough times. Uh, Skinner stays away from those headshots and the concussions, can be a stud offensively. Victor um, uh, Rask has become a a player for them. I like they're very well-rounded, I think, from a forward standpoint. Uh, Defensively, I like this team a lot. Justin Falk is about to pop as one of the better defensemen in the National Hockey League. Uh, Van Riemsdyk playing the blue line for them. Trevor uh, acquired from Chicago. Pesci has been a good blue line man for them. Hannafin, another year under his belt. I think he's going to be solid. Goaltending, they've got some help with Darling joining Ward. I think there's going to be some prizes here. I think he's a good young team. Slavin again, another one of those defensemen that I think is going to grow and get better. Sometimes you got to take a chance on some of these teams in the Eastern Conference, and you got to take a chance that they're going to be able to improve. So I wanted to kind of shock you, surprise you, and I think Carolina can sneak into the playoffs. I think Carolina is the eighth-best team in the Eastern Conference. i got Buffalo knocking on the door. I think the Sabres could be a playoff team, too. Uh, I got them battling with Carolina for that eighth and final playoff spot in that second wild card. You look at their forwards. Eichel, another year. Going to get better if he continues to get better. Evander Kane, if he can keep his head on straight. We know he's a good offensive player. I think you know Molson is what he is, but Ryan O'Reilly is a guy that actually can get better. Oposo, I think, can get better with another year in Buffalo. I like the acquisition of Pouliot, a veteran, who's kind of been there and done that for them. Reinhardt, they've got some nice forwards. Their blue line, I, I do like Bogosian. I do. He's getting a little older, but I like him. Um you look at Josh Georges as a guy, as a sixth or seventh defenseman, can round out things. Scandella is a nice player for them as well. I like this Buffalo blue line. Now, the goaltending is what could really be a problem for them. Is is Robin um, Liner a guy that's going to be able to get it done? They went out and got Chad Johnson. I'm not in love with their goaltending. All Mark is there. They will battle for a chance to get some starts under his belt. That might be what finally kills them 
as far as getting into the playoffs, but I think they're improved, and I think they're knocking on the door. The 10th team I have in the conference, the New York Islanders. Islanders are stuck in a really bad division. And when I say bad, bad for them to win because there's so many good teams. With the Rangers, with the Penguins, with the Capitals, with the Blue Jackets. I mean, it's hard for teams like the Islanders and the Devils to really grow because of how difficult that division is for them. And that's also could be a stumbling block and may end up getting Buffalo in before Carolina is the toughness of the division. But the problem I have with the Islanders, you got to love Tavares is one of the top players in the league. They're very well-rounded offensively. I think they've got solid defensemen. It's their goaltending. And that'll be interesting to see who ended up emerges as the number one starter and what's the situation with Halak long-term, Grice. That might be a little bit of a stumbling block. I think the Islanders, the Sabres, the Carolina Hurricanes, they're all kind of meshed together. Um, goaltending issues, but kind of solid up and down. But that's kind of where I had it fall. Islanders could be a borderline playoff team, but I have them 10th. I got the Panthers at 11. Uh, the Florida Panthers, no Yarmir Yager. He still has not signed as of this recording. But you look at Barkoff and Bukestad, really good forwards, growing. Huberto, really good forward, starting to grow and mature. I like that. Um, they got Sevier from Dallas, like a well-rounded offensive team. Uh, Ekblad is a star on the defensive uh, blue line. Uh, Demare is very good. Petrovic, very good. Pisic, they've got some nice defensemen. And Roberto Luongo is solid with Reimer. So they're, they're solid everywhere. Nothing really pops at you. I think their offense is a little young, getting a little better. Again, they're going to be a team that's going to be in the mesh there. I don't have a lot of margin between um, 8 and maybe down to 12 or 13. So things can kind of muddle their way through. Because I think a lot of these teams are very, very close. I think there's going to be a lot of competition. But you got to sort them in some sort of an order. And that's what I've done here. Philadelphia, I got in at 12. Um, Philadelphia is a team that obviously they're looking at Nolan Patrick um, that they made the deal for to get him at number two. They drafted him, talked to people around Philadelphia. It could have went in any different direction. Um, he sure, Patrick, they had the second pick. The Devils went with Heischer. They went with Patrick. They're happy with that. So we'll see how he contributes in his first year. I think he's going to get the opportunity to play. You know the same old story, the Philpolas, the Giroux. I like them offensively, but nothing really pops differently from last year. Again, the blue line, Gostaspare in his third year. I'm anxious to see how he does. Uh, McDonald, Manning, usual suspects on the blue line. So I do think they'll be the same as last year. They did acquire Brian Elliott. Is it that big of a difference? Neuwirth also there again. Uh, Stolar's got a chance late last season, but he's actually going to start the year in injured reserve. I just I don't look at Philadelphia any differently than I looked at them last year. So they weren't a playoff team last year. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team this year. Maybe another surprise here is a fall-off. Montreal Canadiens, just not overly impressed with them. Now, Druin is going to be big time for them offensively. But Gallagher, Golchenyuk, you know, health at issue certainly with uh, with those two. Although when they're both healthy, things have done w- gone well for them. Hemsky a little long of the tooth. They acquired him. Can Paul Byron do what he did last year? Can Patrick Reddy do what he did last year? 
Uh, he certainly didn't do it in the postseason. Um, I think uh, Placanic showed you that he's kind of on the downturn. They did acquire Olsner on the blue line. Ben they got last year. Um, nothing spectacular on the blue line outside of Shea Weber. They reacquired Mark Stripe, but conversation is he might end up being the seventh defenseman for this team. They've got a world-class goaltender, maybe the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. Uh, but I think they're going to struggle to score goals and maybe – this is the year that you see what happened the year before where the goaltending is just not going to be enough for them. My wife is going to kill me, but I got Montreal outside uh, of the playoffs. At 14, I've got the Boston Bruins. I think they're a little top-heavy. Marchand and Bergeron are as good as it gets. But outside of that, Pasternak's going through his contract squabbles. I'm sure something will get done. But outside of that, I just don't see the Boston Bruins being that great offensively. There's some parts of their team that I like. Uh, Achari was pretty good last year. Um, they Bjork looks like a good young player that I think is beginning uh, to emerge. Riley Nash is a nice player. Spooner's a nice player. Where the Bruins, I think, have the excellent future is with Brandon Carlo and Charlie McAvoy, two young kids that are getting a full year under their belt. I like Krug as well. Goaltending, always solid with uh, with Rask. Uh, as being the number one goaltender for them, one of the elite goaltenders in the National Hockey League. But I just think they will struggle to score goals, struggle to make the playoffs. I've got the Boston Bruins on the outside looking in at number 14. At 15, I've got the Devils. Now, there's a few things with the New Jersey Devils that I think have to be discussed here. They can be better, and I think they will be better, and I certainly think they'll be a lot more fun to watch. He sure Looks like that's the guy they wanted. I talked to Ken Danico during the offseason. He said there wasn't even a question. That's who they wanted over Patrick. That's the stud. You went out and got Brian Boyle, so that's going to help with some of the younger guys on the team. Marcus Johansson was acquired. That's going to help them. So they're going to be a much better offensive team. Nice compliments to Kyle Palmieri. They're not going to be a tremendous offensive team, but they're going to be a better offensive team. The Devils' problem right now is on the blue line. That's why the acquisition of Will Butcher was huge. The fact that they won that sweepstakes is big, maybe as big as landing the first overall pick. I think this kid's going to be tremendous, but he's got a ways to go as far as being an instant contributor. So you've got the usual suspects on the blue line. You've got Andy Green. You've got John Moore. You've got uh, Ben Lovejoy. Uh, They just gave Severson a big contract. This team is on the rise. This team is getting better. I'm just not sure that it's ready for primetime just yet. Corey Schneider is, of course, going to keep them in the games, although I did not like the way he played last year at all. So I've got the Devils at the second-to-last team. But if Butcher surprises right away, if Heischer surprises right away, then I think there's an excellent chance that they can be better offensively and maybe move up on this list. But it's it's hard when you've got kids that you're relying upon. Maybe they'll be Toronto. Maybe they'll surprise a lot of people with their younger kids who mature right away. But I do think it's going to be a little bit of time. And the thing that stinks for the Devils is five straight years of missing the playoffs. That's the longest. That ties for the longest streak. When they first moved from Colorado to New Jersey, they missed the playoffs from 83 until they finally made it in 88. So if the Devils miss the playoffs this year, it'll be the longest stretch in franchise history of missing the playoffs. Unbelievable that the last time they were in the playoffs, they were in Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final against the Los Angeles Kings, but it feels like that was 100 years ago. Detroit rounds out the, uh, the top six team. It's a rebuilding year for them. Uh, Athena CU, Avocator, very good players, uh, growing, getting better. 
better. Uh, Franz Nielsen was a Nike acquisition last year. Zetterberg's getting a little older. Tatar's a good player. They're solid offensively, but again, nothing spectacular. Blue Line's the same thing. I'm a big fan of DeKaiser. Uh, Nick Jensen is over there now with uh, Cronwell. Um, Olette, again, solid but not great, so growing pains there. I'm not in love with their goaltending, Howard Morazic. Somebody's got to be last. They missed the playoffs last year for the first time in forever. Uh, didn't see anything to kind of change that. I think they're kind of more in a rebuilding mode, looking at some kids. So I do think there'll be some growing pains. But again, not to give you a cop-out, but I think there's a lot of things that can shuffle at the bottom. I think you've got Pittsburgh up there alone, maybe Tampa nipping at their heels a bit. Then there's a big chunk of teams that you know are going to make the playoffs. And I think all those other teams, as I said, when you look down from Carolina straight down to 16, it could be muddled. There's not that big of a difference. I think it's going to be fun down the stretch to see who makes the playoffs. So I gave you the top 16, and here's how I got it as far as it's structured for the divisions. For the Metro, you've got the Pens, you've got the Rangers, you've got the Caps as the top three teams. In the Atlantic, you've got the Lightning, the Senators, and the Maple Leafs as the top three teams. And I've got my two wildcard teams as the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Carolina Hurricanes. So surprises, Carolina making the playoffs. Surprises, Montreal missing the playoffs. But that's just the way that I see it, and we'll see how it all shakes down. I'm going to be here every day during the course of the season, so if you want to write these things down, if you want to ridicule me, you want to make fun of me, that's what I'm here for. I'm putting myself out on the line there, trying to make predictions, trying to look into the crystal ball to see who's going to come out on the other side. And clearly... I could be dead wrong about this, but that's why we play it. This is why it's supposed to be so much fun to see uh, who's going to end up being the best teams in the Eastern Conference. It's really good to be back with you. It's always a lot of fun. I want to read some of your tweets. A lot of people climbing aboard here get excited to get hockey back into the fold again. So let's read some of your tweets and think that what, what, what you're thinking here. Uh, Marco says, Game is Conjunct, do you think the New York Rangers have a shot at winning the Cup? Well, I have them as the second-best team in the division. Now, winning the Cup... Of course they have a shot. Will they? I just think they're chasing after goals again. I think, can't you see the Rangers in a series like Ottawa where they are the better team, but they just can't score the goal? So I'm a little leery of that. I think the power play is going to be better. Pittsburgh, the reason I'm not sure they're going to win a third straight is because it's hard to win three straight. I mean, so many games played. So can the Rangers be one of those teams? I got them right there with the Lightning. I got them right there with the Capitals. Do they have a shot? Absolutely they have a shot. Will they? I'm kind of scared to say yes because I just I, I think they'll be chasing goals in the postseason. One of our favorites, Yuta, says, really liked Rangers offseason, a lot of good moves. Missing a third center. Do you think uh, Anderson can be the guy? He's going to get the shot at training camp, and certainly with the loss of Oscar Lindbergh, there's, a, there's an opening there for him. I think he's got an excellent chance. I think they want to see him do the job. Uh, Scott says, Don, how will the Sabres do with new general manager and coach? Last year was disappointing. As I said, I got him just barely missing the playoffs. Housley, I've always been a big fan of his. I think he's going to help. I think he's going to make the team better. I think Buffalo's one of those teams on the rise. Somebody's got to miss the playoffs. I have it being the Sabres, but would I be shocked? If they're able to sneak in as that second wild card, absolutely not. I do think they're going to be a lot better. Guy says, so happy GM uh, Game Misconduct is back. Uh, dying for hockey. No pick uh, for me because this time of year 
is uh, you're dreaming of the Stanley Cup. October and November are important months. You can't win the Cup in November, but you can lose it by November, especially, I think, in this division. Because I think Pittsburgh's the team that's going to win. And you could argue with me whether it's going to be the Rangers, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Washington Capitals. It's going to be those four teams or those teams that are going to battle for those other two top spots in the, in the division. But you can dig yourself a hole. I mean, that's why I think it's a problem for New Jersey because of so many different young players coming in. You dig yourself a hole, you can't get out of it. So I am not a believer that um, you can get off to a slow start and expect to be able to make up some ground because I just think that there's a lot of really good teams in the conference that are just not going to allow you to do that. JR says, Islander drama. JT said situation is more complicated than people realize. Don, if arena isn't fixed, what's your gut say? Article came out yesterday about the NHL and having a buyer for a team in Seattle. They can expand to 32 teams to equip Seattle with a team because they're going to need a 32nd team. But another option, because Quebec City is ready and willing and able, do the Islanders move to Seattle and then they put the expansion team in Quebec City? They have to come up with an arena. And I think Ledecky and Malkin want a new arena. And Malkin apparently has the money for a new new arena. It's just a matter of getting what they need to get cleared to either have it at City Field. The inside track seems to be Belmont Park. But I think the reason JT and John Tavares is who we're talking about is saying it's a complicated situation is because the building is a complicated situation. How can Tavares want to stay long-term with a team where Brooklyn's not working and they do not have a solid concrete plan, foundation, if you will, for a new building? That's what's making it complicated, and that's what's scary if you're an Islander fan. Uh, Ron says, glad you're back, eager to hear your thoughts on how my Devils will compare with other locals over the break. So the Devils did a lot of good things. Again, he sure Huge, Butcher, huge, uh, Johansson, huge. All these things, major contributors, while they think they are going to be a better team. But there'll be growing pains for Butcher. There'll be growing pains for Heischer. So I'm not sure it's going to result in a playoff. But I do think they'll be more entertaining. And I do think by the end of the year, you will see signs that this team is about to turn the corner. Zachary says, do you think the Rangers make a move for a proven number one center, or do you see how Mika does and reevaluate later in the season? That's clearly what they're going to do. They didn't go after Joe Thornton. Uh, Still, as the time we're speaking here, Duchesne was not acquired. So I don't think they liked what they saw. I think they'll wait. They will give Mika the opportunity, and then we'll see what shuffles out. If it's a problem for them and a center becomes available at the trading deadline, I think they will try to make a move because the window is closing on a cup when you consider the fact of how old Henrik Lundqvist is and how old Rick Nash is. And listen, McDonough's getting older, and Stahl certainly is older, so the window is beginning to close here. But I don't think they're going to make an acquisition sooner than later. It's probably going to be later. 
Uh, Timmy wanted to know my expectations for a young, new-look New Jersey Tevel team, more specifically Nico and the defense, and I just kind of outlined that with you. I think the defense is growing. I don't like we, – we didn't even mention this. I should mention this, that Travis Zajac out for a long period of time. That hurts them significantly as well. So sorry to hear that about that from the New Jersey Devils. That's going to hurt them offensively. But I do think it's a young team to follow – to get excited about, but again, I don't think it's going to be happening this year. Joe Lewis says, Don LaGreca, any idea when game misconduct will have another podcast? Need my dose of hockey and Rangers hockey. Well, Joe, here's the good news. The next one is going to be tomorrow when we take a look at the Western Conference. So those are my picks. Pens, Rangers, Caps, the top, the Metro. In the Atlantic, it's the Lightning Senators and Leafs. My wild, card, uh, my wild card teams are the Blue Jackets and the Hurricanes, and kill me, bash me, rip me. That's what we do this game is conduct for because it's an opportunity for you to talk some hockey. So we haven't done it for a while. This was a long one. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Tomorrow we'll do the Western Conference. If you want to get in touch with me, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct, and we'll go over tomorrow your thoughts on my Eastern Conference predictions and then we'll dive into the Western Conference and get your thoughts on there. And then we'll do it periodically, get some updates from training camp. And then once we drop the puck for real, which is October 4th, we will have a game misconduct every day, Monday through Friday. So I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have guests. We're going to be going into camps. We're going to get specific for everyone. And again, since last year's playoffs, this podcast has been national. So we've had the ability to bring in everybody in North America on this. So it originally started as a local Ranger, Islander, Devil podcast. We've opened it up to everybody. So if you're listening anywhere in the country and want to talk about any team, this is the place to go. This is the place to be. We're going to go over it. We're going to discuss it. We're going to talk about it. It's not a Ranger podcast. It's not a uh, New York local podcast. It is a hockey, National Hockey League podcast. So we're here to serve the hockey fan who, believe me, has been underserved now for a long, long time. So let's dive into it. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Tomorrow, the Western Conference and your thoughts on my predictions for the Eastern Conference. This has been the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. Thanks for listening to the Game Misconduct Podcast. Looking for more Don LaGreca? Hear him on the Michael K. Show weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York and worldwide on the ESPN app. And don't forget to subscribe to the Game Misconduct Podcast on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.